Kjokic, Dino, Wanak, Noah, this is Bradley. Uh, we have the pleasure of serving you guys this year as interns at church. Um, so we've been given the question to answer, which is, uh, what has been your journey in discovering your spiritual gifts? So Bradley, how would you go about doing that? Yeah, so that's a really good question. I think for myself, there's two considerations that have been really helpful in discerning what my spiritual gifts are. Um, The first consideration is what am I actually good at? Um, I think for me to have a spiritual gift in something, I actually have to be good at that. Um, If I'm no good at something, I I don't think I have the gift in that area. And so the second thing is, what actually do I desire to do? Um, I think desires can be a good indication to where your spiritual gifts are, especially if you're following the Lord. We know that He gives us good desires. So if He's given us a desire to do something good, and he's equipped us, given us skills in that area, then I think it's fair to say that that's um, a spiritual gift. That's an area that God has gifted me in to serve his people. Um, and I think that's another important point. Spiritual gifts are for the building up of the people of God, the building up of the church. Um, so there might be areas that I'm both skillful in and have um, skills and talents, but don't edify and build up other people. And I think it's fair to say that those probably aren't spiritual gifts. Because the spiritual gifts are for the benefit of other people, for building up the church. Okay, so I'll try and give an example of how that works for me as well. Um, Looking at my own life, I'd say that I really enjoy one-on-one interactions with people. I enjoy discussing things. I enjoy um, counseling people. I enjoy giving advice about things. Um, So I can see that God's given me that desire. and along with that, I can also see that he's been slowly equipping me and helping me build up my skill level, my talents in that area, so that I can actually do that well. Um, so when all those things come together, for me, that looks like God has given me a spiritual gift in that area to counsel people well. Um, so I know that's part of my journey with just that one area. Um, yeah, so those considerations have been really helpful for me. Um, how about you? How would you go about answering that question? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'm one of these people who naturally struggle with talking about myself in a positive light. So you're not going to really hear me saying, oh, yeah, I've got the gift of this, I've got the gift of that. It kind of just feels very uncomfortable um, for me, and I guess that's just where I'm at. Um, and I also kind of tend to doubt my motives a lot. Uh, so again, it's kind of hard for me to uh, look at what gifts I've got. Um, just having that little sense of pride distorted in the back there, um, acutely aware of. That being said, though, uh, for me, my journey in identifying my spiritual gifts has largely been to, a, to intentionally ask others to observe me um, and to call out the areas that they see God has gifted me in um, to be served as church. Um, and I love this model because it keeps us accountable to each other, not only in regard to sin and growing each other in holiness, but uh, encouraging and building each other up. Plus, it's great for people like me who naturally doubt their motives to be able to come into agreement with what others see in me and say, hey, yeah, yeah, I've, I've felt that for a while myself. Um, so for you to see that in me is great. Um, yeah, no, I, I think I'm starting to, or beginning to kind of see what my gifts are. Um, but I'd say I'm, I'm still very much on that journey. Um, and perhaps it's a journey that doesn't really have an end in that sense. Um, However, knowing that we as Christians have union with Christ um, and individually members 
of his body, the church, um, it really excites me, um, you know, because it means we all have an important role to play, um, including me and you. Um, and the Holy Spirit in that has specifically appointed these gifts um, to be used, like you said, in the building of his church. Um, he empowers us in those gifts. Um, and I think that should really give us cause to, you know, earnestly desire um, to find out what our gifts are um, and see others discover their giftings as well. Yeah, I think for anyone that has been blessed to serve and love the church, uh, using the gifts um, God has given them, will know that there's a real sense of fulfillment um, and satisfaction that comes with that. Good morning. Good to see you guys. And thanks to uh, Noah and Bradley for, uh, for putting that together. Really helpful introduction. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, come back to their comments and their, and their thoughts uh, a little way through what uh, what I'm hoping to share with us this morning. Hey, just a couple of things though in terms of in terms of maybe housekeeping or, or just to keep you guys informed uh, before I start. Um, last week, just mentioned a couple of things and, and uh, mentioned the idea of a, um, a process starting around a potential name change for the church. If you weren't here last week, that might be a little bit of a surprise to you. If you've got the e-news, you will have seen, hopefully you might have seen a link a survey uh, there, so I just, just encourage you to, to fill that out if you would like to to, uh, to provide some feedback. And if you don't get the e-news, uh, there is some paper copies that are just at the door as you walk out. Uh, so you can feel free to pick that up, fill it in, uh, send it back to the office, and get it back or pop it in the uh, offering or whatever, however they get that back to us. That is, uh, just encourage you on that. And other things, and so we are going through the, the church series at the moment. We're getting very, very close to the end. This is the last topic, spiritual gifts, which we'll cover, um, we'll cover two weeks uh, to, take, to really take on a big subject such as this. Um, just so you know, we are heading towards very soon, and at the beginning of September, a book, uh, sorry, a series through the book of Judges, which is going to be a really interesting, uh, interesting book. And that starts in September, though, and you'll realize that we are at the beginning of August which by the way means seven months have already passed us this year, there's only five to go. Uh, I was witness to a uh, uh, second meeting, not the first meeting, the second meeting, planning our Christmas production just the other day. So uh, things, are, yeah, things are getting close. The, world, the, uh, the year is, is wrapping up pretty quick. But so the, the Judges uh, series starts in September. Uh, it was scheduled to start in, uh, in August, just after the church series finished. Um, but uh, just, yeah, we pushed it back to September. Last school holidays, you might have remembered that a couple of topics fell on the school holidays that, in retrospect, maybe it would have been better not to have fallen on the school holidays just because of the depth and the length, etc., of those ones. Um, and that was just there was a whole bunch of the perfect storm that made that happen. Um, but uh, we, we were very keen to look at the next school holidays and see what was coming up for the next school holidays and make sure it was appropriate. And when we looked at the Judges series, as it was previously uh, scheduled, the last three chapters of Judges, where it gets really, really dark and really, really um, inappropriate for kids, uh, fell on the school holidays. And so we thought, okay, we've got to change this around. Uh, so pushed it back a little bit, pushed it back by a month, and now the likes of Gideon and Samson uh, and, and one other fall in the school holidays, which is much more family-friendly. So, uh, so hence we have then August, which will be just a handful of 
one off topics. We'll, we'll, we'll finish up the spiritual gifts, and then there's, a, then there's a couple of Sundays where we'll just uh, have a couple of one off topics. We'll ha- actually have a look at the election coming up and just how to think through government and elections, etc., from a, from a biblical worldview. Uh, so, so, things such as that are coming up this, uh, this month, and we'll look forward to the Judges series next month. All right. If you've got your Bibles, open them up. Let's grab them, and uh, we're going to have a look at the, the spiritual gifts over the next two weeks. We're going to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through chapter 14. So that's broadly what we wanted to cover over the next couple of weeks. Uh, this week, though, we're going to have a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, open them up. Let's have, let's have a look at, uh, at this topic. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 11. I'm reading from the NIV this morning. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant or perhaps uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by the youth idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God who works all of them and all men. Now, each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. Let's pray before diving into a a tricky little part of the Bible. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this part of Your Word, where we uh, come to the topic of spiritual gifts, and Lord, as we uh, open it up and, and this morning just start to lay some foundations around the spiritual gifts, what they are, what purpose they have, and how they operate within our uh, church body. Lord, I pray that you would give us uh, just open hearts and open minds so that we might be able to hear what your word has to say. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just help me as uh, we walk through a, a topic that is uh, somewhat difficult. I want to pray that you would guard my mouth from here so that I wouldn't lead anyone astray, but that uh, this morning might be upbuilding, uplifting, and encouraging to your people, your church. So we thank you for this time, and we praise you for the time that we can have together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If, uh, I mentioned just before, there's only five months until, until Christmas. Uh, and of course, Christmas is one of those times that uh, it can be really fun to get together with, uh, with family. I, I remember over the, over the years, there's been lots of family kind of get-togethers, you get together with the extended family, oftentimes if they're, uh, if they're nearby. And, uh, and as over the years it's been interesting to observe as our kids have, um, have grown, the way that they, uh, they jump into and interact with, the, with presents under the Christmas tree, particularly when, it, when uh, perhaps they've gotten together with a wider family and there might be other cousins there and it kind of gets an energy and a bit of a frenzy perhaps going on, uh, particularly when the kids are small. They just, uh, the, the idea of presents under the Christmas tree is, is something that's pretty, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's just a 
really opens up something in kids. And they get excited about it, and, and it's lovely to do, and lovely to be able to um, be able to see kids operating like that, particularly when we can then uh, look at those gifts and then start to lead them towards uh, the true meaning of Christmas, obviously the gift that God has given us in Christ. But it's also interesting to see kids' reactions as they open up a, a gift. Uh, sometimes kids will, will just uh, rip open the gift and they will just be ecstatic at what they have got. Sometimes they will, uh, they will open up a, a gift and they will be um, confused as to, to what they have got. Sometimes they, they might be just completely expecting one thing and this thing here uh, is, is like very, very different. They don't even know what it is and they try and figure it out. I've seen one, uh, one or two times that kids opening up a gift and they just have no idea what's going on with this gift. And they're trying to be polite and like, ah, thanks, this is really nice. Uh, they have no idea what it, what it is. And as they, as they, um, as they open it up and, and, and get used to it and they realize, hey, this is actually, this is actually really cool. This is different to what I thought it was going to be, but it's really cool and it's really fun and they enjoy playing with it. Interesting, as we reflect on the, on the guy's uh, video that they just mentioned around spiritual gifts, one thing that uh, that doesn't happen when you when you ask kids questions around the gifts at the at, after they've unwrapped a couple of gifts from the Christmas tree. One thing, if you if you ask them, "What did you get for Christmas?" They don't seem to be shy. They don't seem to be shy and hold back. They usually just overjoyed, and they they want to tell you about the gifts they've been given. So they're excited about them. They they think that it's pretty cool. That that's fun, and they want to show you what it is. And it's interesting, as we, I, I, I totally, uh, I totally kind of get where Noah was coming from in that video. In terms of, you know, when we, when someone asks us perhaps, what do you, what do you think your spiritual gifts are? There is a, an element of, well, I don't, I don't want to kind of push myself too much to the front and, and say, I'm gifted in this area or I'm gifted in that area. And yet when we think about the kids back at the Christmas tree, they, they're excited to, to show you what they were given. And there's a, there's a good reason for that. It's, it's nothing. It's not prideful. It's not because it's not about them. It's not because they've got they've been able to uh, go and get or make this incredible gift. No, it's something that's completely external to them that's been given to them, isn't it? And so, when we approach the spiritual gifts, I think in a similar sort of way, we 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 should not ever be prideful about spiritual gifts, but we should be excited about spiritual gifts because they are nothing to do with us. And they have everything to do with the one who gives them to us. And so, as we uh, approach spiritual gifts, I want us just to to, uh, to, to start by uh, thinking from the from the starting point that these gifts are amazing gifts that are completely given to us by God. He is the giver of all good things, and it's His Spirit that then works in us to uh, to produce or to manifest or to to, to bring to fore these gifts. And so, as we dive into the to the verses here. Uh, the first thing that, that Paul talks to us about is that he doesn't want us to be uninformed. Verse 1, if you've got an NIV, it says, I don't want to be ignorant. Um, I think the ESP puts maybe a little bit nicer. He doesn't want us to be uninformed. don't want us to be uninformed here about the, the, these gifts. Life is too difficult to ignore one of, the, one of the greatest blessings that God gives us along the way. It would be a shame for us to, to miss out on one of the most critical parts of the church. We, uh, we've, through this church series, we've talked a, a, a lot about we want to love the, uh, love God, love the church, and love the lost. And this is a massive way, spiritual gifts is a massive way in which we will love the church, 
uh, by being a blessing to one another with our spiritual gifts, and then of course we will love the lost by using our gifts to engage with the with the lost. Right at the beginning here, I just want to be be clear, and I'm not able to spend a heap of time on on just fleshing this out. I want to be really clear that as a as an eldership. Uh, we believe that all the spiritual gifts listed in the New Testament exist today. And I just want to, to make that make that clear. Last is it last week? Yes, the last week uh, I mentioned we have a statement of faith and a philosophy of ministry document. Uh, some of you took that on the way out uh, from uh, from the service. There's some more copies there available if you want to grab that. Uh, we we mentioned that in the in the um, statement of faith. So uh, we just want to. Um, uh, to, to make, yeah, just make beaten up front as we start walking through this topic that we believe that the spiritual gifts, all of them as listed in the New Testament, exist today. There is one exception, uh, which would be apostleship. Uh, technically, it could, have, it could exist today, but you would need to be a physical witness to the uh, life and ministry of Jesus Christ. So you would have to be reasonably old to be uh, to have the gift of apostleship today. Um, uh, so that one just by, uh, by natural... The process has, uh, has, has finished up. Now, some uh, hold that the miraculous gifts have ceased today. Some of there are small subsets of uh, the likes of prophecy, tongues, uh, healings of, of the likes have ceased today. If you, uh, I know there's a number in, in this room here that would, uh, that would hold to, to that view, uh, and, and we've had some discussions some of you, with some of you around those. And uh, that's absolutely fine. If you believe uh, that there is no issue around that, you fall well within the bounds of the normal Orthodox uh, Church and, and beliefs throughout the church, throughout church history. Um, and, and so I just want to make that really, really clear as well, that, uh, that, we, that, yeah, that uh, there is absolutely no issue if, if that is your take on the spiritual gifts. But the New Testament uh, assumes they do exist, that describes them, it uh, tells us to desire, seek, and not forbid them, and so uh, and there, there, is, there seems to be nothing ex- explicit from the text of Scripture that says they have seek, uh, and so uh, so we believe that and teach that they do, that they do continue on. So, here's, uh, here's a, a handful of things that I want us to this morning as we t- to kind of do take one or part one of the spiritual gifts. Here's a handful of things that, that I want to just sort of lay down as a, as a foundation. First, our past can influence the present. Have a look there in verse 2. Paul says that, you know, I, sorry, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. And I think that's an important point for us. The, the Corinthian church, they, they had been, uh, their, their background was that they were involved in all sorts of, we might say, weird and wonderful kind of pagan rituals. Uh, those weird and wonderful pagan rituals involved a whole lot of kind of ecstatic kind of things. Uh, there was yeah, a whole lot of stuff that probably we don't even want to describe in a setting like this. So there was you know, temple prostitutes, etc., as part of all of that. And that, and Paul realised that their background that they were they were all led astray by those idols. And their background then, if you read the, the, the if you sit down and read the book of First Corinthians as an entirety, you realise that their background they had tried to import, or they had just naturally imported a whole bunch of stuff from their existence, their pagan existence, into the church. And so what Paul is doing here in, in this book is actually trying to correct them and say, hey, just hold on a second. You guys are all about some of these ecstatic gifts, the, the, the tongues and, and the like. They were all about 
some of those uh, some of those really outward um, aesthetic kind of gifts, and he's just trying to rein them in. He doesn't say stop it. What he does is he just tries to put some parameters around it. Well, some of us then, when we think about where we have come from, perhaps before we came to Christ, I think those some for some of us it also influences where our uh, our understanding or the understanding of church and the, and the spiritual gifts come from. Some of us come from a very straight-laced, kind of rationalistic background. Uh, and we approach church as a, in a very straight-laced, kind of rationalistic approach as well. Now, I want to affirm, we've just been talking this morning out in, in the equip class about worldviews, and I want to affirm that we have a rational faith. We have an absolutely coherent biblical worldview, and, that, and, and in fact, our biblical worldview, I would argue, is the only completely rational and completely coherent worldview that exists in the world. But what that, what, what that can then extrapolate to is that, that anything sometimes that sniffs of the supernatural, we start to get a little bit concerned about. And we start to think maybe that's unnatural and maybe that's not, uh, not for, for the church. And, uh, and I want to contend that our God is a supernatural God. And our God, His, His Holy Spirit has been put in, within us. And that is a supernatural spirit. And the gifts that, that have been given to us, even that what might seem very, very sort of mundane gifts, I would, I would argue that they are supernatural gifts. It's not just a particular subset that are supernatural. We all are, all have a supernatural Holy Spirit within us. And when we exercise those gifts, that is something that is very spiritual, which is not natural, but supernatural, that is happening. It might look very natural sometimes. Sometimes it might look not quite so, so natural. But they are all supernatural gifts in terms of they are all spiritual gifts. So some of us come from a, a, a pretty straight-laced, uh, rationalistic background, and I'm going to put my hand up. That's probably my bent, and, and, and that's something that I have had to, to grapple with and deal with over the years. Some of, some of us might have come from a, diff, a really different background. Before we were saved, perhaps uh, you came from a, a, a background where, where alcohol was and, and partying was, was just part of the, the norm, and that was how you lived life. You lived life for the fun, for the chase, for, uh, for the next party. And that might have, uh, when you come into the church, that might have uh, had a significant influence on how you look at church and how you look at what, how the church operates and that it is all for fun. Uh, it's all for, for you know, we, want, we just want to have fun, we want to have laughter, that's what we're, what we're all about. Others might have come from a, from a background, perhaps more of a new age kind of background, maybe uh, a background that might have uh, had the likes of uh, drugs and uh, those ecstatic experiences uh, as being part of that, and we want to, and, and perhaps when you come into a church environment, you are hoping that that high that you had will translate into the church, and uh, looking for some sort of ecstatic kind of high in the in the church. All that to say, but I want us to realise that our past has influence on the present. We were all led astray by idols in the past, and that we just need to realise that that does have an impact on us. Our past has an impact on us and sometimes doesn't help us. We were all led astray by idols in our past. Sometimes those weren't little, well, oftentimes for our, in our situation, it probably wasn't little, little statues, those idols. But they were probably things in our heart, things in our life that ruled our lives, the, uh, the things that we chased after. 
the things that we, we pursued for ourselves, and then we look at the spiritual gifts and we look at the, the church environment and, and, and that can translate into how we live as a church in terms of it all being inward focused, all being about me, what I want out of, uh, out of our church gathering, what I want out of our church family, and how that can all impact me. And even, we, it can even get to the point where it's, it's all about what God can do for me, what God is doing for me, rather than what I, how I serve God. And yes, God is, an, is a, a wonderful, amazing, loving God who has given me an incredible gift, but that turns me then to glorify Him and to, and to love others through His gifting. So, when it comes to spiritual gifts, there can be a tendency to let spiritual gifts be about ourselves, for the gifting to be about uh, us. Seeking, uh, even perhaps, uh, there's a, there's a, it's a pretty easy for, for the spiritual gifts, for, the, for us in the exercising of spiritual gifts, to end up being us unintentionally sometimes or intentionally other times to be seeking the praise of others. And for it to be looking at that, looking at me in the in the gift chain, uh, or, or when we think about those, the kids on the, under, with the gifts under the Christmas tree, thinking it's about, about it's all mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it. I don't want to share it with others. This is all about me, me, me. John 12 verse 43 says that the Pharisees love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And it's so easy for us to fall into that trap, isn't it? Especially when we're looking at spiritual gifts which can flow out of us and can, and, and look, I, I think the guys were right, we should be encouraging one another and, and, and affirming one another in our giftings, but we need to always have a heart check. Are these giftings, are they, uh, are they starting to be about ourselves and seeking the praise of men? Alright, so that's the first thing we just want to make note of, that our past can influence our present. Our present. Second thing, let's have a look at verse 3. Uh, and that is that true spiritual gifts will glorify Jesus. Have a look in your, in your Bibles there. Now, this is, to be fair, this is a reasonably hard verse, and uh, probably the, the verse that I spent a crackload of time reading about. Verse 3, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, at first glance, you kind of look at that and you think, that, hold on, any, anyone could actually say those words, Jesus is Lord. And, and that could be by that could be by the Spirit, or could be uh, could be just for the fact that they've said those words, they've physically said them out of their mouth. It is a uh, it is a hard uh, kind of verse that has had a, a, a lot of volumes and volumes of writing uh, being uh, being written about it. Here's I think the the broad tone that comes across though that the gifts that are from the, the gifts that are from the Holy Spirit will ultimately proclaim and glorify Jesus. They will express love and concern for others because they glorify and proclaim Jesus. And the converse is true, that the gifts that are not from the Holy Spirit will not proclaim and glorify Jesus. In fact, they're going to glorify some other idol. And I think that's why Paul made that warning in the verse before, that you watch out because your past is going to be, it could be problematic when we talk about the gifts. Because gifts that are not from the Holy Spirit will not proclaim and glorify Jesus. They're going to glorify some sort of other idol. And in our case, that other idol oftentimes is ourselves. And so if we are using our gifts 
for the purpose of glorifying ourselves and bringing things and, and wanting the praise of men. That's a gift that is not from the Holy Spirit because it's not proclaiming Jesus. It's not glorifying Jesus. It is glorifying someone else. There are idols that proclaim... Uh, there, there are idols that proclaim either explicitly or implicitly that Jesus is a curse. Have a look at that verse there. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking of the Spirit says Jesus be a curse. And I think there are parts of the of the, the world around us that are explicitly saying that Jesus is a curse. But, uh, but then, then it feels like sometimes that there's this kind of grey area that, that we've got Yes, there is probably a handful of, of, of parts that would, that would uh, say that Jesus is accursed. You know, that, that we've got a handful of satanic groups that are around. Uh, and perhaps that are just the real occult kind of uh, groups that would say the words and, 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 and loudly proclaim that Jesus is accursed. And then, of course, we've got us in the church who would hopefully, in our, in our giftings and, and what we do, proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And then you've got this, this area in the middle uh, that we, we feel like there's an area in the middle, this big gray area in the middle, where people are just doing life, being part of the, part of the world, uh, utilizing their talents for various things and, and whatnot. Well, I want to suggest to you that there are in this world only two kingdoms. I think I've mentioned this before. There are only two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And so the, the actions that we take will be doing one of two things. They will be glorifying God, and they will be pro- proclaiming the fact that, that Jesus is Lord in some way, shape, or fashion. It might not be with our, with our, exactly with our mouth. It might be our actions that are that our we and we have, you know we, someone might have the have the gift of shifting chairs, and that one's not exactly in the New Testament, but we'll go with it. We might have the gift of shifting chairs, and by shifting chairs around the auditorium or, or uh, for a particular thing, that you are uh, taking part in the proclaiming of Jesus as Lord, because you know that people are going to sit in those chairs, and that perhaps they're going to uh, listen to some music, or listen to someone speak, or something like that, and, and, and that will be part of uh, Jesus being proclaimed. And so, there is that section of us. And that big area in the, in the middle there, what do we, what do, we do with? There is two, only two kingdoms. There is, there is the kingdom of God in which the Jesus will be proclaimed and everything, and then there is the kingdom of darkness, which ultimately will proclaim that Jesus is a person. And we need to, re- to, to, to realize that there are only two, two kingdoms that are involved in this world, and we think that there is this kind of nice, soft, gray area out there in the culture but we need to just be really, really clear of, of the fact that the world around us is either for God or has been deceived by the devil, and whether they know it or not, they are, pro- they are, they are proclaiming the kingdom of the devil, proclaiming the kingdom of darkness, and they, so therefore, if we just follow the, down the track there, they will, they will actually be proclaiming that Jesus is a person. So, uh, the gifts that are from the Holy Spirit will proclaim and glorify Jesus. The gifts that are not from the Holy Spirit will not proclaim and glorify Jesus. And here's a, um, if, you're, if you're interested, just to take a, another step with this. Here's, a, here's a, a, what you might call a theological truth. Uh, we, we sang about the Trinity just before. Thanks for whoever chose that, that song. That was, that was really cool. Just, just singing about the, our Father uh, and the Son and the Holy Spirit, uh, the God being three in one. 
if you would study the, the, the Trinity just a little bit, you'll realize very quickly that there are roles within the Trinity. And, and uh, the role of the Son, the role of Jesus within the Trinity is always to glorify the Father. That's what he does. He always brings glory to the Father. And then the role of the Holy Spirit then is always to glorify the Son, who in turn glorifies the Father. There is just a, that's, that, that's the way that they operate within the Trinity. Now, if you have been given a spiritual gift, i.e. The, the Holy Spirit giving you a gift, that will always work out in proclaiming and glorifying Jesus because that's how the Trinity works. That's how God works. And so it follows that we, are, we, we will, our spiritual gifts are going to be proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. Now, the key issue then, uh, uh, when we look at the spiritual gifts and, and try and figure out, is this person proclaiming Jesus or is he not proclaiming Jesus, he or she not proclaiming Jesus, it's the, the, the question to ask is not, is what this person did miraculous? Is, that's not the question we should be asking. What the key, key, uh, the key question that we should be asking when we're evaluating the, the gifting of someone is, is, is this person one who proclaims that Jesus is Lord with their lives? Someone that lives that out. Someone that proclaims it with their mouth when that is appropriate. That's the question. We also should uh, be really clear that uh, something being supernatural doesn't mean it is from the Holy Spirit. A decade or so ago, uh, you possibly possibly saw reports that was kind of going uh, going around in. Uh, uh, it wasn't widely reported in mainstream media. Mainstream media tends to, to stay away from reports uh, such as uh, such as these. But it uh, popped up here and there, just reports of uh, statues of Hindu gods around the around the world. And uh, people were taking spoonfuls of milk to these little Hindu god statue things. So just just wooden or, or concrete statues. People were taking spoonfuls of milk and putting the milk up to the mouth of the statue and the milk was disappearing. Now, it wasn't just one statue, uh, because you could probably think, well, someone maybe in the back and clean a hose in the back of the statue and there goes the milk. This is happening all around the world. Was it miraculous? Yeah, you would have to say it probably was. Was it from the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. There are all kinds of powers in this world that can do supernatural things. Remember, uh, remember back in the book of Exodus, Pharaoh's magicians could turn sticks into snakes. They could do all sorts of all, all sorts of tricks. They were mirroring the tricks, the, uh, the the things that Moses was doing when he was displaying the power of God. Pharaoh's magicians could do similar sort of things to a point. But so all of, all the things that look supernatural in this world are not necessarily from the Holy Spirit but only that which is from the Holy Spirit by its action and nature proclaim that Jesus is Lord. And as we think about what we've been talking about, loving God, loving the church, and loving the lost, we might think that these, uh, these uh, gifts here, as we, can, as we consider them about glorifying Jesus, one of the ways that they will glorify Jesus is that they will make us and, and propel us to love the lost going to result in us proclaiming Jesus to the world. So, the question then after all that is, when you're serving in the church family, who does your gift exalt? Sometimes only you're going to know that in your heart. Is it intent to intentionally bring glory to God by proclaiming or aiding in the proclaiming of Jesus as Lord? 
or is it just to look good in the eyes of others? Do you seek to praise yourself? Do you, when you, when you, when you, and perhaps a, a good heart test in this is when you are, when you're using your gifting. Do you get, do you get angry when other people don't help you in your, in your gifting? Do you get bossy when you're trying to, out, trying to execute your gifting? Do you get super stressed when you're, uh, and, and therefore a bit, but uh, in your gifting? Um, let's just have a quick look at a couple of verses. We've been looking at uh, chapter twelve. Look over to chapter 13 because chapter 12, 13, and 14 are talking about spiritual gifts all in one, uh, all in one area here. And Paul realizes that after he's talking about spiritual gifts, he's got to talk about this next topic, love. So chapter 13, and it starts, I think, um, halfway through the previous verse. And now I'll show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but I have not love, I gain nothing. And I encourage you, as you are using your gifting, if you are proclaiming Jesus as Lord in it, you are going to be showing love in your gifting. And uh, otherwise, the things that we are doing are just a clanging cymbal, a resounding gong. Doesn't sound too great for, uh, for, for those involved in the music industry, that is it? Or I'm nothing, or I gain nothing from my, from my gifts. Alright, and the last thing we want to have a, have a look at. There are a variety of gifts, and they're all the common gifts. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the cool things about being at a, at a family gathering around the Christmas tree and at Christmas time is that uh, usually we try and make sure that everyone gets something. It's a little bit sad if there's a, if a kid that misses, misses out uh, when everyone else has got something. But in the, in, the, in the family of God, we are all. If you are if you are a Christian, then you have been given something. You are part of the family of God, and you have been given a gift. By the Spirit. That is, uh, that is seen there. You can have a look through verse 4, um, but they also uh, explicitly says in verse 8 to one, there, to the one there is given through the Spirit the message of, sorry, I'm in, be in verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Everyone gets something. Every Christian gets gifts, gifts, and they are from the same source, the Holy Spirit. We are not, though, from, from, from the same spirit, but we are not all cookie cutters. Okay? We are not all the same. We have a variety of gifts. And if you think that, uh, that when you look around the, the, uh, the church, that you're not needed in the church, you need to look back at that verse and say that, realize that the Holy Spirit has given you something for the common good. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The church is missing out if you are not using your gift. You, are, you need to be an active member of the church, not a passive member of the church. You can't be all that we're supposed to be as a church if, if you are sitting on the sidelines. You don't see when, they, when the kids uh, get a gift at their Christmas tree, you don't see them. If they're excited and they, they appreciate the gift, they don't just pull it back from the box, wrap it up again and put it in the cupboard. They get it out, they use it, they play with it. 
the gifts. They are for the common good. The, the gifts are to be helpful, they are to be encouraging to each other, and they are to be building one another up. That's what they are there for. And I think this is where it starts to get really practical as we just, uh, as we just sort of finished up here. It gets really practical, and the, and the guys hit on this in the, in the video there. How do we figure out then? If we are to be helping and encouraging each other and building each other up, and we've all been given these gifts, how do we figure out what our gift is? Are you ready? The Bible doesn't tell us. <laughs> Some of us, it's a, it's a real letdown. The Bible doesn't, doesn't exactly tell us how do we figure out what our spiritual gifts are. You've seen, perhaps you've seen the, the, the kids around the Christmas tree unwrapping their presents and they're thinking, I don't know what this really is, is all about. So, what do they do with it? They use it. They just get involved and try and figure out what, what's going on. You know that you've been given some gift. Verse 7 tells us that. Some of you are wondering what on earth that is. So I'd recommend doing just as what the, the guys did in the, in the video. And get involved and, and try something. There, is, uh, there has been over the... Over the probably recent church history in the last couple of decades, uh, books and the likes that have gone through questionnaires uh, around uh, finding spiritual gifts. Uh, church, well, I guess over the last couple of decades, they have proven to be maybe a little bit hit and miss, but I just re- recommend that you just get involved and try something. And then, as the guys mentioned, evaluate it. Evaluate it to see whether it was encouraging to people, see whether it was helpful to people, see whether it was building up of someone else. Listen to feedback. Ask for, for feedback, and give and, and give each other feedback. Uh, one of the things that you could do in your in your home group, which would be really really fantastic in the, in this in this way, is perhaps go around your home group and just say to one another that you know what I think I see Christ working in you in this area. You seem to be really good at encouraging the church and being a blessing to the church in this area. If you try to exercise your gifts then, and, and, you, and you get involved, and you try and get it, get it going, and perhaps you try and use the, the, the gift of encouragement, and the person that you try to encourage feels like they are left uh, just ripped apart and open, and uh, just, just they feel condemned by what you have said, maybe you don't have the gift of encouragement. Maybe you, that's just not what how God has uh, gifted you. But maybe, maybe you see something that, 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 that was in the church family, within your home group, or what, whatever's going on, and you see something that maybe it's not as uh, going as well as it could be. But you think, okay, well, I'm going to get involved, and I'm going to help here. And when you do it, it, it ends up running like a well-oiled machine. It's just, everyone's saying, oh, that, thank goodness you put some organization and structure into this. Maybe that's your gift. Maybe that kind of administration and, and organizing is your gift. I encourage you just to... to Get involved and try something out. Now, I hope there's not too many that leave, leave emotionally scarred after being ripped open by someone that doesn't have a gift of encouragement. But you get what I mean, right? Carefully and lovingly, uh, get involved and uh, and see what what God might, how God might be gifting you. And here's the amazing thing. Here's the really cool thing about how gifting works. We, we, we're supposed to be transformed into the image of Jesus, right? Uh, where that is what we are. To be doing, Romans 12 tells us that. He had, now Jesus, being fully God and being completely full of the Holy Spirit, 
and, and, being, and lacking absolutely nothing, we, we make the logical conclusion that he had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a reasonably logical conclusion to, to, to land at. And so we are trying to be more and more like Jesus, are we not? So having, part of having a particular gift is that you get to help others who might not be really strong in that gifting. Romans 1, 11 to 12 says exactly that. Paul says that, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, yours and mine. You know what? I have far more mercy. I have far more, I'm far more hospitable and I'm far more generous than I was in my early years because I have lived with Sonia for 20 years. And, and because I, I'm not gifted naturally in, the, in, all of, in those areas, but I am learning because she is. Think about it another way. I and mean, when we want to see something amazing happen uh, in, the, in the church, what do we do? Do we get all our, uh, the ones that are gifted in faith and gifted in praying and intercession, and then we, we put them all in a room, and then we, the rest of us go and have coffee? No. What we do is we get, if we, we absolutely, we intentionally get those people together, and we sit down with them and we listen to them pray. We listen to them exercise faith, pray in an incredible faith, and that spurs us on to pray in faith and, and, gives us, and, and helps us in our weakness as we are around them. That's what the gifts are to do. They demonstrate uh, the, the, the gifts to each other, and we learn, and we are encouraged by them as we walk along as well. So as we think about this first week of uh, spiritual gifts, As we think about these, uh, this first week of spiritual gifts, we are. We're going to love God. When we, uh, when we use your gift, you are proclaiming Jesus. We're going to love the, the church. When you use your gift, you are going to be encouraging and, and helping the church and, and, and uh, helping others to learn in their, their gifting. And when you're using your gift, you're going to be loving the lost. You're going to be, are you praying that your proclaiming of Jesus will reach out to a, a lost world? Around you, these are the things that the that our gifts and the spiritual gifts will do within us. All right, we're going to pray and then uh, have one last song as we finish up. Our Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the gifts. Thank you for that we are uh, slowly being transformed into the image of your Son by the power of your Holy Spirit working within us. And I pray that these gifts would be a real blessing to those uh, that are around us. That they would, that we would be looking not to exalt ourselves, but always to exalt you, Lord Jesus, and to be, uh, to be building up your church. I pray that you would just help us as we continue to learn and love together. Uh, we thank you for, we thank you for your, your word, and we thank you that you have uh, just continued to build us through your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.